Hey guys, it's Mac, and you're listening to the In My Feels podcast series. We are so excited you're here. If you're looking to get even more out of this series, be sure to grab the In My Feels Bible study book available at both forthegirl.com and lifeway.com slash in my feels. This study is what this podcast series is all about. In this study, you'll be able to dig into scripture to understand the heart of God in each and every one of these eight core feelings and even begin to implement these things into your everyday spiritual journeys. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this Bible study. So grab a copy and let's get into the episode. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For The Girl podcast. We are on session four of our In The Feels study, and we have been loving it. It's been so much fun. Honestly, the more that we dive into this study, the more obsessed we become. Mac and I were texting this morning and like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm seriously so obsessed. And she was like, Every time I read it, I just learn more. I genuinely think <laughs> this might be a study that people do over and over again or something, you know, <laughs> not just a one-time deal. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I think it's so funny that we wrote all this, but it was five or six months ago and revisiting it. I'm just like, wow, these are things that I constantly need to be reminded of because I go through this range of emotions and feelings every single day and I'm so quick to let them turn sour and I love the invitations that Jesus offers us and I love just seeing him come alive in scripture. It's such a fun journey and so we're so happy you guys are along for the ride with us and today we are talking about anger. Ooh, that's a fun one. I'm kind of excited, you know, getting a little angry today. (laughs) And so to kick (laughs) things off, we're going to do our little introduction question. And so Ken, since we were talking about anger this week, we wanted to start off by sharing the thing that makes you the most mad and nothing too serious, but just what's something that just kills you, Ken, just makes you rage. Oh my gosh, I'll talk about like my rage modes later, but I feel like we should talk about what makes each other the most mad because the first thing that came to my mind was our moments, our brawls, but uh, (laughs) there's many other things, but let me just tell you one thing about Mac though, Mac Attack over here. Here's one thing that makes me mad and your husband, Tyler Bridges, will also agree with me, but... You, sometimes when I'm talking, you zone out. She's a zoner, you guys. So you'll be mid-conversation with Mac and her eyes, they just gloss over and she stares in some other direction. She actually does this thing where she like taps her lips with her fingers. It's very weird, but I just know her mannerisms when you're just like totally not paying attention. It happens when I start talking too much. But then it also happens when I have some really important things to say. She zones. It happens while we're podcasting, you guys. Sometimes I have to literally just not look at her or else I just am like, okay, what I'm saying must be so boring. (laughs) 
Anyways. I really tried to be better and really, truly actively engage with you. And even when I'm not paying attention to you, act like I am, you know? (laughs) So I'm trying to get better for you. Okay. Uh, The thing that kills me about Ken's that makes me want to rage is the fact (laughs) that she is late to literally everything. She is, and not just three to five minutes late. She's straight up 20 minutes late to everything. It is hilarious. Just the other week, we were at a conference and we were closing out the conference together. And the moment came and I we're backstage. Kent is nowhere to be found. About to go out on stage <laughs> in five seconds. She's nowhere to be found. So I walk out there with my microphone and her microphone. And I'm like, Ken's Durham, if you're in this room somewhere, it's time for us to close out this conference. And she was in the balcony and she had to <laughs> run from the balcony to meet me on stage. And it was hilarious because I loved that the whole room got to see how you are always late. It's always true. late. Don't you feel like I'm a little bit improving though? You are. I can tell you're trying. You're okay, trying. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I at least communicate my tardiness at this point rather than ghosting, which is like yeah. more normal for me to just be like MIA and then pop up like 10, 15 <laughs> minutes late. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I'm it's proud a of bad you. You've habit. Been, you've been pretty good about being on time for podcasting, which I'm very thankful for. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Here so we are. I would love to be on the fly on the wall hearing about all the things in y'all's group that just make you so mad. Please don't hilarious. do it about each other. Yeah. Mac and I, only Mac and I can pull that one off. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, we are going to jump into the feeling of anger. And I think it's so true that anger is one of those feelings that maybe has the worst reputation. <laughs> you know, we often turn up our nose anytime someone is angry about something. And it's probably because so many of us have been deeply hurt by somebody else's anger. You know, maybe it was an abusive parent, a controlling boyfriend, an upset older sibling, an internet troll, or the mean girl in high school. And it's just so true that when you have to be the recipient of someone else's anger, it can just hurt so deeply. But then on the flip side, We all know what it feels like to just kind of in a moment be overcome with anger. And I think there is just a lot of anger in our world today. You know, many of us have kind of written off and and canceled people we loved from our lives because of things like political views or just disagreeing about some key things in life. So many of us have harshly said or done hurtful things in a moment that we didn't mean to people who didn't deserve it because of anger. Some of us have raged on the internet when someone's posted something we disagree with. Like you just, your thumbs just start typing like crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes we've angrily given our friends a silent treatment because they've, they've said something that offended us. We've allowed anger to trap us in our arguments that we can't even remember why we got into in the first place. Ken's and I get in some arguments like that where I'm like, I'm just fighting to fight right now. I'm just mad and I can't even remember why I'm mad. And so Ken's, you shared, I think last week that you were in Enneagram seven and I am an Enneagram eight. So I am passionate and I am prone to anger. <laughs> it is often my initial response to a lot of things. It's just when, when something goes wrong, when something happens that I don't want to happen, it's just something wells up inside of me and I want to burst and I want to scream and I want to just fly off of the handle. And so 
it's just something that I've had to really, really work on and really take to Jesus. And so this, this week in particular is one that really spoke to me because I felt like I got some really practical things of, of what I can do with my anger and actually the truth behind my anger. Yes. It's so funny. I feel like when we were preparing for this study, every time like <laughs> we like started writing or doing our research, I'd be like, hey, Mac, what'd you learn this week? <laughs> <I'd be> like, <laughs> Anything speaking to you? Because like, I know it's something that you've wrestled with. But I too have my rage moments. I do this thing. I've kind of newly named it a rage phone call. And this is where I'll pick up the phone and call Mac at 7 a.m. in the morning. She's kind of my target, not that I'm mad at her, but she's just like my target person to to get mad at. But it's about <laughs> something or someone else. And <laughs> most of my anger, I do feel like it comes from work stuff, trying to manage people or feeling like people aren't yeah. pulling their way or frustrated about something they missed. Yeah. Honestly, people just not doing their jobs, which isn't super fair, but I, it's super hard for it to not get seeped into my everyday and I know I shouldn't respond in this moment, but in the moment, it always feels really reasonable. I'm like, should I feel this way, Mac? Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is so terrible. What the heck are these people thinking? And I just get this pent up frustration. I don't know. For some reason, I wake up this way, which I feel like <laughs> isn't a good sign. Typically, it actually goes away. It starts to... Yeah. diminish throughout my day but it just like hits me hard in the a.m i'm like what <laughs> happened but, yeah. yeah that's amazing i think it's so true that anger it just has a funny way of almost turning us into a version of ourselves that we don't like and that we're like ooh, i need to work yeah. on that yeah. but i think i think what is so true is that anger in itself isn't the problem it's often the way we've been taught to process or, or even push aside our anger because often underneath our anger is something else. There's always a deeper story in our hearts whenever we feel angry. And rather than understanding what that is, we often just respond in a moment and we blow up. And typically when we feel angry, it's because we sense some sort of of injustice. And I think that is why it is so important, maybe more than any of the other feelings that we process anger mm -hmm. at the feet of Jesus, that anytime we feel anger, yeah. we go straight to the feet of Jesus and we process it through his gaze and his heart. Because the truth is with anger, there's a very real and a very dangerous sour side. And when we don't process our anger at the feet of Jesus, when we try to push it aside or we respond irrationally to it, it can turn sour and morph into something that is really gross and really ugly and really harmful. Mm -hmm. And that is bitterness. Bitterness is the sour side of anger. And bitterness, similar to resentment from session one, which was the sour side of hurt, but it has anger attached to it. So it can often become harsher and more hostile. And here's the truth about bitterness. Anytime that you feel bitter, where you're just like, ugh, this just eats me alive inside, is that bitterness lies. Bitterness lies about feeling hurt. It cannot admit fault. It does not seek forgiveness. It makes excuses for hurtful behaviors. It justifies instead of reconciles, and it blocks the truth of the harm that it inevitably causes. And so anger can actually invite us to vulnerably admit the truth of our heart and maybe respond in love, but bitterness does the opposite. It entices us to 
to wall off our heart and to actually react and respond with hate. And I know I fall victim to this all of the time, and I'm guessing that maybe you do too. And there's this one guy in scripture that I think perfectly (laughs) kind of encompasses the sour side of anger, and that is our man Jonah. Jonah, the guy who was supposed to go and preach to the Ninevites, but he didn't want to. He gets swallowed up by a whale. He gets spit out, and God says, hey, go anyway, and he preaches to the Ninevites, and they actually repent. They actually return to Jesus, but because Jonah was so bitter, he's actually angry about their repentance. He's so mad about it. And it's actually this crazy thing where he goes on a rage and he like goes and he sits under this tree and he's so angry that at one point he actually says, God, I'm angry enough to die right now. I'm angry enough that I don't even want to live anymore. And so oftentimes bitterness doesn't just stop there. Bitterness can actually turn into deeper forms, one being rage. And rage is an unwillingness to face what you're feeling. It responds to hurt by trying to take control of a situation through threats of physical or emotional harm. Rage is that feeling that leads to verbal assaults, abuse, passive aggressive comments, and abandonment. And so rage pushes away and destroys. And then the second byproduct of undealt with bitterness is an impaired version of anger called defeat or depression. And this is so real. And if you've, uh, if you've arrived here at this feeling, it's probably because there's some undealt with anger in your life. And this is the total refusal to just feel anger at all. All right, For the Girl fam, I am so excited to tell you all about one of my new favorite online boutiques, and that is Clothed in Love. Clothed in Love is a modern Christian apparel company that began in 2015. The founder, Joanna Jones, just like so many of us, had always struggled with earning God's love and approval, and it wasn't until she had a true encounter with the Father's love that she had breakthrough and the realization that His love was tangible a safe place and that God wanted to do everyday life with her and that moment is why clothed in love started because God's word is life-changing it's powerful and effective and what better way to spread the gospel than by wearing it daily I love that so much their name is based on Colossians 3:14, which says wear love It's your basic all-purpose garment, never be without it. And I gotta say, I just checked out their site and they have so many cute pieces for the fall. I'm personally eyeing the fearfully and wonderfully made sweatshirt and jogger set because your girl loves a matching set. They would both be cute on their own, but together, so, so cute. You have to check out their site and see their entire fall collection for yourself. We actually have a code for you to get 15% off. It's all caps, FTG, as in for the girl, FTG fam, as in family, 15, FTG fam, 15, all caps, for 15% off your first order. So head to clothesinloveboutique.com to start shopping and to grab some super cute pieces for this fall. Hey, For the Girl fam, maybe it's that time of year when you're already starting to think about those summer plans. Maybe you're looking for a summer job, a way to adventure, a way to serve and share the gospel, or simply an incredibly cool way to spend your next summer. 
Well, I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing opportunity with Windshape Camps. Windshape Camps was started by the founder of Chick-fil-A. We love that. True it, Kathy. And it creates a next level summer camp experience for kids and families to have fun while also learning about life with Jesus. Windshape is on the lookout for some ultimate top-notch college girls like you to serve as a counselor or program staff, worship leader, work in media, or even an admin role at one of their three overnight camp locations in the North Georgia mountains or traveling across the country bringing camp to one of their 90 church partners. Here's one of the coolest things about Windshape Camps in my opinion. They are the highest paying summer camp in the country. And for the entire summer, they will cover your food, lodging, and travel to and from camp. So no matter where you live, this is an opportunity for you. Mac and I have always said that one of our biggest regrets from college was not serving as a camp counselor. We talk about it all the time simply because we have so many friends who live across the country and their lives have forever been changed. You can learn more information by signing up through the interest form, which is a link in our show notes. And from there, we'll send you more information and everything you need to apply. Or if you're like, okay, wait, no, I'm already ready to apply. You can go to workatwindshape.org. That's workatwindshape.org and apply directly there. Trust us when we say that this is a small step of faith that can lead to one of the biggest moves of God in your life and probably have the best summer ever. So don't be like us and regret not working at a camp for the rest of your life. Head to that interest form in our show notes, fill it out, and take that first step towards a meaningful, adventurous, and life-changing summer with Windshape Camp. It's a coping mechanism that many of us use to try to control, avoid, or push aside that really vulnerable feeling of anger. We'd rather feel nothing than have to come face to face with the weight of our undealt with emotions. And so Jonah, we see him kind of go down that path, first bitterness, then to rage, and then to this defeat and depression. And I think so many of us are eerily close to walking down this path too in our anger. You know, we've let our bitterness just build these walls around our hearts and we're convinced that simply giving up, walking away or numbing out on the relationship, on the heart situation, on the thing that is making us angry is the only way to stop the pain and hurt. But this is an evil plot of the enemy. And I love that Jonah's story, and I think any of us dealing with this, is just that warning signal to all of us that what happens when we let our anger turn sour rather than letting it be the thing that leads us to the feet of Jesus and allowing him to move in our hearts so that we can respond differently in our anger. Because I actually think there's some beautifully restorative and powerful things that await us on the other side of anger when we take it to Jesus. And so, Kens, give us that invitation. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited about this. And actually, as I say it, I think you'll realize that this really is true and hopefully really prevalent in our life and through your anger. But the root of our anger in the invitation that Jesus offers us is a deep passion. 
So Mm -hmm. behind our anger is often just this passion for something to change, to see justice and to be a part of the things of God. And passion is a powerful thing. When you're passionate about something, like I said, it leads to change. It leads to new ideas, plentiful energy, supernatural focus. It's this mindset to pursue something or someone despite the difficulties like you are all in, you are passionate. I want to take a second really quickly to just brag about Mac real quick. Because as she shared earlier, anger has definitely been a prevalent feeling in her life. But as someone super close to her, I can tell you that she does actually step into this invitation all of the time and lets her passion really shine through and doesn't just get stuck in her anger or bitterness. Truly, as I look back on our 10 years of ministry together, if Mac were to have subdued or quieted these feelings, we would have made, honestly, a whole lot of silly decisions. It's her anger that has uprooted the injustices. It's created better ideas. It's led to healing conversations kept us on the right path and seriously has been extremely vital in carrying out the ministry. And I can only honestly say that every heated conversation or heart to heart (laughs) or moment we had to dig in a little deeper has been 100% worth it. Her passion has been such a vital part of the ministry. So what I'm really saying here is if that if you resonate with this feeling, you need to probably schedule a phone call with Mac because she probably has some good advice for you or could help you dial this one in a bit. But other than Mac, we can go to scripture and look at the life of Jesus and how he also experienced this feeling of anger because even Jesus himself was angry. And some of you might be like, okay, wait, no way. I never saw him angry. But If you dig in this week's study, you'll see multiple stories that we kind of pulled out or looked at. But one that really stuck out to me was in Mark 3, and it's about Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath. You can catch all the details in the study, but essentially Jesus came across a man with a crippled hand and his heart was super burdened for him. Already in the scripture, you see that he had passion for this man and something stirring up inside of him. He wanted to see this guy healed and whole. He cared about people. He was passionate about giving people new life and faith, basically anybody he came across. And Jesus was well aware of the religious expectation of the Sabbath and that you weren't allowed to work or do anything or heal on this day day, but he wasn't afraid to break the religious norms for the sake of healing and salvation. That was just who Jesus was. But everybody else around him, they were super not okay with this. They were like, are you really going to heal this man? You're not allowed to do this. Barking at him. And it says, actually, that Jesus got angry at them. And Mark 3 verse 5 says, after looking around at them with anger. He was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. But Jesus himself was angry. And I like to think that Jesus wasn't probably in like a total rage mode, like my kind of rage mode, but his blood was probably pumping, his pulse quickening and practically exploding inside. But you don't see him like acting in this way. And if he did, I know the authors wouldn't have missed those details. (laughs) He didn't start screaming or cursing. He didn't pull out his weapons and make a Mm. fool of himself. 
he didn't call a friend and start chewing him out, being like, oh my gosh, these people are crazy, gossiping. He didn't let bitterness stir up inside of him. He simply allowed his anger to lead to justice and mercy by healing the man mm-hmm. and walking away. And what a beautiful example this is of anger. I don't know about you, but I learned a whole lot from Jesus in this moment because anger just isn't always a bad thing. And this situation was a really good thing. And maybe this can show you that next time you get upset, you can also try to tap into the root of passion that really is in your spirit, or at least you can know why you're feeling this way and allow it to lead to to better fruit. And you'll see a whole lot of healing happen through that. Yeah, it's so good. Oh my goodness. Because the next time that you feel anger, rather than letting it control you or rather than suppressing it, you know where to take it. You know that if you bring it to the feet of Jesus, he can actually allow you to move with passion and to respond in love and to take whatever that injustice is that is making you angry and to respond in a way that can actually unleash the spirit of Jesus into that situation. And I just think that is so cool. And one thing that Ken's and I loved as we kind of studied this was the idea that I don't know if you've ever noticed, but an Easter story is often referred to as the passion of the cross. And it's not just a a clever movie title or the Christian cliche. I think there's a lot of significance behind it, actually, because Jesus walked on earth knowing that he was responsible, that his mission was to take on the sins of the earth. You know, every day he faced that reality. People betrayed him. They lied to him. They falsely accused him. They ignored him like we read about in that story. But have you ever thought about how walking with that mission every single day just might have made him angry? And maybe not in a personal sense, but just anger at the injustices that he saw around him, the religious injustices, the societal injustices. And you see his anger stirred the passion that actually led him to the cross, that led him to do the very thing that offered eternity and offered salvation for every single one of us. He was willing to be in pain for something that mattered more than his pain. And I just believe that passion is the gift of anger. If you love someone enough, if you allow that passion to lead you somewhere, then you will be willing to do anything for them. And that's the passion of the cross. So I don't know about you guys, but I want to genuinely live that out when I feel anger, knowing that that feeling is important and I need to look inwardly and I need to recognize what is the passion that lies underneath my anger and how can I allow that passion to lead me to to change, to lead me to breaking injustices in our world, to lead me to actually being the love of Christ to the people around me and anger anger isn't the problem. (laughs) It's how we often respond to that anger with those sour sides. But then thankfully we have this invitation from Jesus to step into his kind of love and passion for the things that break our heart, that hurt our heart, that anger our heart. And so This was awesome, and I'm really extra excited to hear from Donna this week, our feelings expert, just about some practicals to really begin to have healthy anger in our lives. So take it away, Donna. Donna here, talking about anger. 
I think anger is the feeling that gets misunderstood the most. We often think of an angry person as someone screaming and yelling. That's not anger. That is rage. Anger is passion. Like when civil rights leader Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the bus back in 1955, Rosa had an anger, a passion for justice. She had paid the price for her seat, and she knew she deserved to sit there, so she held her ground. She was calm. She didn't scream or yell, and yet it was her healthy anger for justice that kept her in her seat. Anger is a healthy part of us that motivates us. Sometimes when a client isn't taking steps to change their life, I ask, what are you angry for? And most of the time, they don't know. The first part of shifting into healthy anger is to give yourself permission to be angry, to have passion, to have healthy desires to create change in your life or the life of others. Rosa Parks didn't just stay in her seat for herself. She did it for people everywhere. So what are you angry for? What passion is living inside of you that needs to come to the surface of your heart so you can move forward? What gets in the way of your passion? Do you need to learn a new skill? What would it take to do that? Would you have to spend money or change your schedule? Would you have to let go of people's expectations of you in order to follow your passion and make change in your life? Years ago, we had a friend that felt called to be an attorney. He said, if God has called me to this, I have to pursue it with all my heart and might. He had an anger to obey the call that God had on his life. He moved across the country with his wife to attend law school. Nothing would stop him from following God's call. His words inspired me to put that same level of anger to work in my life. Are you angry for something? What actions do you need to take to follow that anger? Wow, we have loved getting in our feels with you guys. I hope you've loved it too. Continue following along throughout the week because we are posting on Instagram and on TikTok. You'll get a little inside scoop of our lives and so much more. We'll see you next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.